0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Flail Forward. I'm here. I'm Fred. Uh, I've, I'm sort of your host. We've been trading off and on. It's either me or Rob, but I'm your host for now. And then we also have Car. Hello. And Kat.
1: I'm alive, honestly, technically.
0: And Jonathan. Hello. And
2: Cavoir. Yes, hi. And Mr. Mark. Like Catrice, I am not alive, so I'm just a robot, programmed to sound like Mark. Nice, same. Uh,
0: and Rob, hey everybody. All right. Um. So tonight, or I'll I'm going to say tonight. Fuck y'all. Um. Tonight, whatever you're listening to of this, it is night. I want to make that clear. Uh. Tonight, we are going to be talking about player and character goals. And I was the one who suggested this topic when it came up quite a while ago. And I suggest the topic because I was playing the new Doom game, uh, so not the original one, but the one that came out in twenty sixteen, I think. Uh, but you all know what the new 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 Doom game is. And the thing about the new Doom game is that it has the more modern FPS thing of like immediate goals. So it says like go kill this room full of demons and then go destroy this gore nest and then go pull this lever they're all pretty mostly micro goals which lead to a macro goal um so you know you you kill the rooms full of demons to clear the entire area of demons and thus beat the level uh this is a departure from the original doom where there was no quest markers there was no Goals or anything. It was just get through to the end of the level and figure that out on your own. So I was thinking about goals because in the more modern video game thing, goals are almost always outlined like they are in Doom. Uh, You know, you have very specific things. It's go talk to this guy, you know, or go fight this guy, or go explore this specific ruin instead of. And often they're marked specifically. It's like, you know, you can go see the little dot that indicates, oh, I got to go east to go find, you know, the guy I got to talk to or whatever you have to do. And then that comes into the thing of, do those goals take away from exploration? Like with Morrowind, I don't know if how familiar everyone is, but the thing that a lot of people claim was so great about Morrowind is that you didn't really have explicit, goals in that same way where they led you directly to where you were going and you had to explore and find your own way. Um, Now, the thing is, leading that back to RPGs is is a little different because we don't have that same world that we exist in, that same uh, virtual physical space. Uh, RPGs exist in a different space, but we still almost always have goals, whether they're something that is physically on a character sheet, or something that is just implied by the game master every game because it is a story and stories often have goals at least the ones that we tend to tell you have a goal you have save the kingdom but then to save the kingdom you have 50 different goals underneath that or whatever that would be Um, so the first thing I kind of wanted to touch on was whether it's better to start by outlining those goals, you know, by saying, "Okay, pick a goal for your character, put it on your character sheet," uh, and then pick a goal for your group, put it on your character sheet, or if it's you know better to leave it up to the the GM and the players to kind of run with that their own way, because that's I mean, and that's usually the way it's been done rather than uh, having it explicitly on the character sheet. That's more of a modern, designed thing. I mean, D&D would never have you put down your fucking goal on the character
3: sheet. And yes, I already mentioned d and
1: I was going to say it.
3: <laughs> it's fine. I forgive you, technically.
4: <laughs> Minutes since last mention of D&D, now reset to zero.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but, does anyone have any strong opinions on, like, how to how to put goals on a character or whether we should. Uh, my game has a strong opinion about it. Okay, explain. Well, so in, in Ashes I specifically outline um, six callings that I make the player group choose uh, at the start of any given campaign. And the reason I do that is because each one of those callings um, outlines a specific kind of game that the players are trying to run because that is going to be the main way of getting experience. So they're sort of... It's, it's a very large overarching goal. They, the players themselves have specific goals that they can set. But I... I wanted one unifying thing at the start of the game precisely for that reason so that the game immediately has direction before it even starts. Yeah, I, overall, uh, like I think that's good. I'm a fan of explicit
5: goals and goal setting. You know, whether it's outlined like yours is, where you have some choices, or the players pick them themselves. I'm personally a fan of explicit goals um, with rewards, also, i.e., experience or whatever.
0: Right, mm. and the reason the reason I did it like that is because often in games I've played in. Um, the goals of the game are outlined for you, but typically in the first session after you've created the character, not before. And so, many times the, the the GM will be will have something like, "Okay, we're going to be running this campaign. Pick, you know, create a character, and then when you show up, sometimes as it happens, the the game is not what you expected. And so, really." The calling system exists as something just to get everyone on the same page and to have and to start the discussion about it, because that's that's really what it's going to come down to players are going to discuss. Hey, okay, do we want to be um, a, uh, have a game where the main thrust is going out and fighting monsters Because that's that's an explicit option. Or do we want to have a game where the main thrust is more political? Um, that's an option, too. So. It's more—it's more just to get everyone on the same page. Okay. Yeah, and and that is, um, I think, an important part of the goals is that you have that quick ability to just look and go, "Oh, it's our goal or our calling to do a thing," and at the very least, then you have a baseline of what you're going to be doing, and an under and often an agreement between players to work towards a common goal or a common calling, which is something that is generally established during a session zero, but not always. And so it's nice to have it on a sheet. Right. And then the other thing that does is it gives the GM a good idea of what the players want out of the game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that is certainly important. To to build on that, Jonathan had mentioned specifically the term explicit goals. Um, I don't know if Rob had mentioned it, but I caught it when Jonathan was talking about it. And it made me think of sort of the the different ways that you can style games in terms of how you structure um, how the player or the character views their goals, how explicitly or implicitly, and how those rewards are associated with the goals. Um, and a lot of that, I think, comes down to like sort of the sandboxiness of the game. If you wanted to take your game in a way where it's uh, the players kind of can. Experience the world and set their own goals, that's very sandboxy. Whereas, uh, sort of, the traditional style would be very much like a uh, here is this ancient forgotten temple of evil, go and explore and defeat the uh, monsters that lurk within. So, from a design perspective, um, how much do you say my game is about an explicit storyline or my game is about a sandbox? And goals, as I've defined them, are concretely explicit or implicit or uh, user-defined or uh, GM-defined. And I don't know, how do you design around that? Do you leave it fl- flexible and open, or do you have a specific one that you've focused in on and chosen for yourself?
0: Well,
5: I, I think first, just to say, when I meant explicit, I, I even if it's like player derived I still think like if you get XP rewards that's still like a pretty explicit um goal because it's like do this get that even if the player invents it
2: but I'd, I'd argue that like it's not necessarily the goal that's explicit that's a reward that's explicit so you're you're working towards how do I get XP because that makes my character better but are there goals but once, that...
5: but once I write down the goal it is explicit right like right. even right. if it's not yeah, predefined, it's explicit once I write it down.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So for you, it's concretely having it written down on your character sheet, like, this is my character goal, and it's something that I'm working towards, is this objective, versus um, if you had the same sort of game or that drive was still there to pursue that objective from the narrative standpoint, but it's not written on your character sheet, what does that change for you? Like, What makes Um, the
5: difference? I guess there's... uh, What it changes as a a player is maybe not understanding what my goal is. But if I understand it uh, and I'm not, it's not written down, I might uh, veer away from it more often. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that reward uh, sort of encourages focus. So, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if that hits on what you were asking.
2: Yeah, I, it does, because uh, I I think it's just about if I'm if I'm designing my game, how much do I need to focus on? Like, for example, you say that you're someone who enjoys those kinds of explicit rules or explicit goals to set for your own character, whereas I've I've played sandbox games where people would find that very limiting. That you can only do these three things that have written on your character, and that's the only way you progress. And if something more interesting comes along, or um, something something changes in what you're, uh, you've set out as your goal, um, you're constrained by the rules of the game. So it's just how much do you design your preferences into your game, and how much is that necessary, or how much can you leave flexible?
1: I think that can actually be answered by considering the concept that was mentioned earlier about like video games having that because there's a very explicit reason why you have goals and like this is the sub quest that you have to do that in video games and that was the problem that it's not really all that fun to not know what you're supposed to do where you're just kind of like i need a guide I have no idea what I'm supposed to do at this point. As long as it's like, oh well, this is a challenge. This is something difficult for me to do. But I know what it is that you expected me. Hmm. Then it was perfectly fine. If it was something that's like, I'm not even sure where to even start. Like, you used to be able to. Well, you still can do that through a really clever like level design and such. But It's really difficult to do that in, like, a video game. And it's, in some ways, harder to do so, but easier in, like, a tabletop role-playing game because, well, you have the GM there who can be like, okay, I see my players are struggling here. They don't know what to do. I can update stuff for them now. But at the other point there, you also have people that they may not want to have the same goals as each other. They might not want to be helped along. They might actually want to explore or to just be like, you know what? I I don't want to save the kingdom. Just give me a world and tell me there's stuff going on in it and I'll just do whatever I want. So It really depends on what the players want out of the
2: game. So for Sayursa, do you design it in a way that if I want to just exist in the world that I can or do you design it with like specific goals do you leave it flexible what's your what's your approach to it
1: it's... there are some explicit goals like for example one of the big main mechanics is the whole path to redemption thing where well if you aren't progressing towards learning who you are you're not going to be getting off the planet probably there are some exceptions to that but for the most part yeah that's kind of the point of the game is to figure out who your character is and to basically um atone for whatever their sin was by basically saying okay i know who i am now i'm not going to screw up in the same way again But it's kind of open ended because you set your own uh, sin, you set your own goal for how to overcome it, and it's not necessarily set in stone that you actually have to play nicely the way that they actually want you to. It's like, yes, you are heavily encouraged that this is how you're probably supposed to play the game, though if you decide you just want to find the Warden of the Penal Colony and punch her in the face, you can do that too. Probably won't succeed, but you can try.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, it seems to me that we're coming to a a point about player goals or character goals um, could potentially limit a player's agency within the world, you know, as as has been brought up they would go oh you know if if this old goal that i had isn't relevant anymore or there's something else i want to chase does that mean that you know you have to stick with those goals and so it puts you in a weird position where you're like it would make sense for me to chase after this goal at this point but i have this goal written down on my sheet i uh, to me that's a not a hard fix, it just means that your character's goals have changed, so you erase it and, you know, write down a new one. But uh that may not be the exact fix that one needs. Is that an actual problem or is that just something we kind of arrived at? No, I think that's an actual problem. Uh I mean the way I solve it is just by telling the players that's what they're supposed to do. In fact erase it else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. From a design perspective. Sorry. Yeah. As long as you, no, I was just going to say, as long as you make it explicit that that that's what's expected, when if the calling is not working out for the entire group, then you're going to have to have another discussion and change it. The direction of the game is going to in some way, um, pretty fundamentally. And if, and then for your personal goal, if your personal calling is when it's something that's supposed to be achievable. Uh, ostensibly. And so if you if it be, it becomes achieved or it moves out of reach, then you are supposed to change it and do something that makes sense for your character. And since that's up to the player and it's it's functionally another XP mechanism, they just get to decide how they want to claim it. Yeah,
5: and I think being explicit about that either in design and in the book um or just at the table is important but yeah out outside of that i think that's a pretty easy fix because i think even giving the opportunity to within the game you know like mid-game like mid-session to say yeah i mean this doesn't make sense anymore i'm going to change it uh not in the sense that oh i just killed an ogre so now that's my goal and i want xp or whatever um but yeah i think the ability to change the goal uh resolves that Mm -hmm.
1: you know so
0: when we were talking about this we touched on what i think is kind of a a gotcha i had in the back of my mind of xp is almost always something to set goals it may not set the written or personal goal that we've been talking about, like, you know, to do a specific thing, but it is ultimately a goal for the players to get XP. And so whatever your XP or uh, any kind of advancement thing is, players will generally move towards getting that because I mean, people like rewards. It's just kind of how it works. And so even, you know, like I, We've already brought up D&D, so might as well do it again. Uh, D&D has the thing where, uh, at least at this point, the main goal is killing monsters because you get XP for killing
4: monsters. That's pretty much all you get XP for.
0: Yeah. Unless you have... Officially, yeah. And most people do other custom rules or something, or not I shouldn't say most people, but a lot of people will do custom rules. You know, you get some XP when you complete the session right, or when you do some good role playing or something, but. Yeah, I haven't actually had a GM calculate monster experience in like over a decade.
1: Yeah, you know, I haven't either. Since the
0: end of third edition to now. It's just such a it's such a pain in the ass. Like, I don't know why they may, still make them do it. Still so you ma-
5: you're more like a milestone guy?
0: Yeah because if- because then it makes them because all you're doing is incentivizing the players to perform a certain behavior if you want the players to be murder hobos and incentivize killing things but if you want the game to be about a narrative and make it about the milestone i guess it depends what
1: you want it's interesting though because i've been playing like some of uh, Planescape torment over the last probably two weeks and You get almost no experience for killing things. It's almost entirely derived from completing quests. Or actually, not even quests. It's usually like dialogue options. Like, if you just talk to somebody and happen to use like your charisma to persuade them about something, it's like it's not even a quest. It's just like, here's 5,000 experience. Here's like another 25,000 because. You were nice to them. Stuff like that. And it's like, okay, that's... It's steering the characters to behave a certain way, as you said, though. But is that necessarily really a bad thing? And does it always mean that it's a goal?
0: What do you mean by does it always mean it's a goal? Do you mean the XP creators... I guess? Is that what you're talking about?
1: Well, think about, like, we'll say... I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head. But... Okay, without a good example, let's just say that you have random... You get experience for killing things. But with If you kill something... Does that mean that every single problem is always going to be faced as I have to kill this thing as that is my goal because my goal is the experience? I don't think it's always going to be the case, but it's definitely going to lean in that direction.
5: That's really interesting. Um, To go back to games that uh, give XP like that, uh, the the characters are tooled to kill and... The character's goal isn't to kill, usually. It's often like rescue or save or protect and killing as a byproduct. Um, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
5: so it's, I, I it's sort of like your. I don't you're, buy that. Pardon?
4: I don't buy that.
5: Well, I think that the narrative says that it's not the character's goal to kill. Uh, it's the player's goal, okay. but the narrative often says save the princess. And so the, the, the character goal is save the princess. The player goal is kill as much as he can on the way.
4: A couple of problems I have with all this. First, XP is not goods and services. It's the currency. So whatever a character does to earn XP, the amount of XP earned is how much those deeds are worth.
1: Hmm, but that's also to a degree it's saying what's valued as well. Exactly. That's what it's worth. It's basically this is your wage if you are not doing work that we consider valuable.
4: Yes. So the thing about early games, especially D and D, is the output of its reward system, XP, is or no, the the conditions for its reward system being killing stuff is the only goal the, the character or really the player, I'm not sure where we're drawing the line here in this topic, is the only goal present in lieu of the character doesn't mechanically have other goals
1: well
0: sure mechanically yeah but usually as Jonathan said narratively there's something else there's save the princess or you know stop the lich or whatever
4: there's some narrative goal really... that they're working towards but a the m- there's a there's a narrative impetus I don't know if if I don't know if biting at a hook is really a goal, because the, yeah, the fish's goal is to feed, not to get caught.
1: All right,
5: but I, I kind of agree. I if, the same... Car, in a sense, like I personally don't believe that character goals exist, like you were kind of saying, like everything that a character. Well, not does. in D and D
4: because D doesn't have character goals. It, it
1: kind of does but not as part of the system but that makes you wonder why not because it's like you notice the narrative goals as even a concept even most like generic D campaign it's like you're still kind of implied that the fun part of the game is rescue the princess or defeat the evil wizard or whatever it's not just kill every monster it's like combat is not in and of itself good enough, like, just the basic concept that you have to have a narrative. Like, how many people have even played a role-playing game that doesn't have anything even resembling role-playing? It's like, even though, like, D's completely divorced from it, it's still added by default, so we have to assume that one of the fun parts of Role playing is, you know, the actual playing of a role. So why isn't that well, one of the key reward structures?
0: Just to interject for a second, so, I have actually played a game without any role playing. <laughs> but it was more oh, like just it was just game. running a gauntlet of monsters for the most
1: part. Yeah, I figured somebody would have.
4: But okay, we- so how how are we then defining role and what is the relationship between role and goals? Like pretty much in D&D and the way role-playing games originated was your goal is to follow whatever um, hooks the GM laid in front of you. Even, Even the concept of my character wants to go off and do this was radical.
1: Yeah. Okay. I I, I agree.
5: And sure. and I think the structure also was, you know, to I mean, Dungeons and Dragons was literal dungeons, and so it was like Dungeon Crawl. And so there was also even if the idea popped into your head, it wouldn't but I don't think we really live in that RPG environment anymore either, though, right? Like
1: no, really.
4: not, not really. how We don't, but that's that room still exists and a lot of people are in that room and they'll deny that the rest of the house exists
1: <laughs> well to be okay fair i mean maybe they succeeded on their check to disbelieve the illusion of the rest of the house
0: um sure <laughs> <laughs> i i think it's, it's interesting because when Carr has been talking about this, he's like, I will call something where, like if you were a party of adventurers playing some game and you were like, oh, and the GM uh, said, okay, blah, blah, blah. Okay, at some point you're going to rescue the princess. Carr is putting that forward as, at least I think, as like a, it's, it's a hook and as if you're trying to get them um like you know you're trying to kind of you know get them to do something rather than uh doing something collaboratively and having someone establish that goal of you have to go rescue the princess that's the goal of this
1: well Um, sometimes that's how it's handled it's like there are gms out there where the players aren't really supposed to be making decisions as far as they're concerned. It's like, this is my story. You are just playing along in it as an actor in the play, but I've already written the script. Why are you going off the script?
5: Mm -hmm. And as a reward, you get XP
4: when you kill stuff. (laughs) Right. Right. So it's easy to take for granted how much player agency we enjoy today compared to how little there was back in the beginning. So are
5: what we're talking about today goals directly related to player agency?
0: In some ways. I mean, if you as a player are explicitly allowed to define your goals um, rather than, you know, having a GM define them for you, I think that that is a point of agency. I mean, that is a point where you can decide your destiny and use your agency
4: that's not even where role-playing started. Role-playing started with the GM presents goals to you, you can choose to follow them, but the concept of defining your own goals was alien. Man, I don't give a fuck about where role-playing started. (laughs) I'm sorry,
0: but I don't give a shit. Um, (laughs) That's pretty harsh.
4: (laughs) Well, then, you can be doomed to repeat your history on your own. Yeah. Uh,
1: If you learn why things were a certain way and how they were, you can learn why it changed and that can help you build better games. Sometimes things changed not for the right reasons and they need an overhaul.
0: Oh, all right. Well... I think it sounds like we've mostly exhausted that. Let's move on. Um, So what I was talking about doing, one of the things I brought up was how it segments its goals out into kind of micro goals. Um, You know, kill these demons, pull this lever. And that's not something I've ever really seen put into the design of any game. Obviously you have those micro goals still, within an rpg but rarely are they Would ever
4: had those markers i'm Would yeah I have I, those, markers? Okay. Really has those markers
0: yeah sure um but <laughs> uh i don't know uh, uh, anyway and then are a tabletop rpg um do you have those exp- you know micro goals within a a tabletop RPG the kind of RPG we're talking about here and so I was i that was one of the things I was wondering about is can or should we try and define those in any way you know is that something that we can put into a game to talk about short term goals and I remember at one point bringing this up and I think everybody present said nah just don't bother with those short term goals keep them Outside of the mechanics, but there's still that lingering thing within me saying, could we have players regularly set goals, you know, and attach a small amount of experience or something like that to them, and then have those be acted out? However, that uh, I think that that would people would claim that that's a a loss of agency because then you go,
4: all right, so we we have to do this thing, and then we have to do this thing, and then we have to do this thing, and then
0: we can do the big
4: thing. I, um it's it's not a loss of agency it's micromanaging the narrative and it becomes busy work bookkeeping
5: I I will interject and give two examples specifically and uh, they're not in game well one is in games and one isn't. Um, so the first is far Verona the um, uh streaming, of stars without number. And stars without number uses goals. And there's no limitation to how you set your goals. Um, So you can set a goal that you could plausibly finish in that session. So, uh, but the way they tend to try to structure their goals is two short-term, one long-term. And um, it gives, and you don't always finish one, or the players don't always finish one in one session, but they often do. So they're often rewarded some experience every session and lots of experience you know, at larger intervals when they finish long-term goals. And uh, uh, the other example is another streaming uh, game of Dungeons & Dragons where they house ruled a goal system. And they basically, if they pick a short-term goal, they get less experience. Uh, and they roughly do it the same way and it doesn't interfere with the narrative uh in my experience or my experience watching those games so i think that planning short-term goals is as valid as long-term goals
0: okay i want to point out that the the new edition of vampire the masquerade actually has players do this at the start of every session yeah session goals yeah they're they're asked to choose a session goal and it doesn't have to be completed that session. If if one sticks with you for a couple of sessions, that's fine. Um, but it's meant to be something very concrete. Um, that's your impetus for acting.
1: That's cute. Yeah.
0: I've, I've certainly seen some of the things like that. I was, uh, I may have, may have missed talking about this, but I was alluding to something that was even more, short term than that you know that was you've got one goal which is a session and then i was i was talking about breaking it into um you know five smaller goals within a session
1: Hmm.
4: but i I think we become tedious quickly to manage your goal set where the goals are things like reach the next hill
3: I yeah. don't think that's the type of goal you would set in World of Darkness, but I could be <laughs> totally wrong.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you're stuck in the middle of the desert, just over the next dune, right? Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes that is a, a personal goal, but, but I get what you're saying, uh, Carr, uh, that there is a breaking point. Um, I just don't think session goals is that breaking point.
0: No, I I I think session goals are, are good. Um, and I was going to ask a question. When you talked about Stars Without Number, I'm remembering a game, and it might be Stars Without Number, but there was one that was told to me as a great goal system, where it was, you pick a goal, and when you write down whatever your goal is, you get, you know, it starts out as you get, I think it's one XP for that goal or some small amount of XP. And then if you don't accomplish the goal that session, the next session it's worth two XP or whatever. And I think that
5: starts with that number. I, you know what? That's interesting because I've listened to the stream of it, but I haven't completely read the rules. So it could be, um,
1: that sounds, sounds really right. familiar, and I remember it, my it criticism at the time that it basically means that your ideal is to not actually perform, actually reach any of your goals.
4: No. Yeah, what? that's what I heard in there too. Was that it's it's beneficial to the players mechanically to stall on all their goals so that the the value of them keeps accruing.
5: No, uh, not really. Because no, if I finish my goal every session. And you finish yours on the 10th session we will be at the same point except if we were leveled up at 5xp i would be at that second level for five sessions longer than you so the it's it's a strategy but it's not necessarily doesn't
0: make you more ahead than anyone i i think and i'm i may be misremembering this but you do eventually get a bit more xp for having a longer term goal but I think at least the idea, or for having a goal that stretches out longer, you know, those mm-hmm. those multiple sessions. But I think the idea of that is that you, is that you're kind of trying to set up having those longer term, grander goals so that, you know, you don't, and sometimes you might just go, oh, I just have a goal for this session. I get one XP for it. But when you set out and make a large, interesting goal that takes you several sessions, then you get a nice payoff for waiting. Um, yeah and and you know going through and doing that whole goal uh, yeah i mean they they also allow three goal slots,
5: so it's easy to sort of uh get the best both worlds, yeah
0: yeah so okay so i we talked- again, we talked about x p and one of the things that I think has really been used to do goals related to x p well was blades in the dark, um And ping, there's our powered by the apocalypse uh, little thing going back to zero.
3: Well, Um, I mean... I disagree. But sure. John doesn't. (laughs) I think Voids is different enough, it doesn't officially count.
0: Uh, Either way, um, and the the thing that it sets up really well is that it has those um, XP triggers on your sheet, uh, which are... Generally, something related to your playbook, um, something related to your trauma, and then... um, Expressing your character. Expressing your character, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think those work well as... Those are like... Those are um, like inward character goals rather than the kind of more outward goals that we've been talking about. You know, they are things where um you're trying you're 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 pushing yourself as a, as a role player to be like oh you know i'm at this certain point so i want my character to express their trauma and then talk about that because i'll get some xp for that and so it's setting up goals so you so you role play
5: um, i think it it's that's interesting i'm just thinking of that i hadn't really dug into it but in a way it separates which i kind of said you can't do it in a way it separates character goals from player goals because the character goal is narrative, mm-hmm. but the player goal might be uh, perpendicular to that. You know, expressing your trauma while doing the narrative thing.
0: Yeah, and often, uh, like I was, I read through Burning Wheel, uh, just as um, a little bit of research for this. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I read through it earlier, but I just read through the Artha section, which is like mm-hmm. the XP thing. And it has something about goals. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll read this just so I can get something to talk about with goals.
2: Uh, it
0: rewards you, Artha, which is basically XP and a resource you can spend, by introducing complications into the narrative. You know, by making it harder for your characters to complete their goals, you get XP, which helps them complete their goals. Which. I think is a really cool idea, and it's one of the few things I've stolen from Burning Wheel. Although that has shown up in other games uh, before and since, is that you know when you throw some complication in, or you have your you know your character express their uh, ca- character in a way that is problematic to the story, you get some XP or you get something, because that's a way that we can help to spur and create narrative within games because that's where conflict and narrative comes from is the, you know, people having problems and contradicting and creating conflict. Right. I actually don't like that method. Okay, why not? Uh, I don't generally enjoy mechanisms that sets the player and character at odds.
5: You don't want to okay. harm your character to get for the player to benefit.
0: No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't like systems that set up clashing incentives that way. Fine if the character suffers in some way and then the player receives something from it. It just shouldn't be in opposition to the character's intent if the player is making it actively happen. That's at least yeah, that's she, my philosophy. Like um, if you're
1: intentionally shooting yourself in the foot is kind of weird,
0: right? Um, if you, I know because Burning Wheels says you introduce something to the narrative. That's how that's how they phrase it. Uh, oh gosh, I could get it. Out. I don't. I don't. Cause I don't. I don't, don't actually remember if that's the case or not. I think it has to be something. It's well. It's more about you like creating problems because right. you're following your beliefs or something like right that. it's the beliefs thing right it's right. the beliefs and instincts mostly. Yeah. yeah beliefs and instincts yeah see that was that's the thing because i don't know when when i was going through burning wheel and, and trying to figure out how to um and i i haven't just to make that clear <laughs> yep. um it's it struck me as as a player, I didn't want to play. I was running the game. I was gonna ostensibly run it for my friend. And when I was reading through it, I was like, I wouldn't want to play this. Like I don't I'm not interested in having I, I'm I'm interested in having my incentives as the player be mechanically aligned to my characters' incentives so that as a player I'm acting in accordance with my characters ethos as much as possible. But if a game explicitly sets those at odds, I'm pulled in two directions and I not only find that not interesting, but I find it annoying. Which hmm. is different than having a having a consolation prize for something going wrong. There's a qualitative difference. Okay. But yeah.
4: Yeah, it seems like Burning Wheel is trying trying to establish a dissonance between the player and the character goals that the player is forced to resolve either they make the choice that benefits them as a player or the in the character suffers or vice versa that's that's not a fun headspace to be in I mean Like, in Burning Wheel, when you make a choice, you make this
0: choice of the player that is, you know, complicated, complicating for the character or bad for the character. Um, But you do, you know, you get Artha, um, which is XP and actually also a thing you can use to help you on rolls. So you get a consolation prize. But... Yeah, I also hate that, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure. Um, because but, it's stupid. Like why have why have your XP burnable in the middle of the game? Like but, I Yeah. But, but you, never mind. That's, that's a totally separate thing. That's a totally separate thing and I I think burning wheel doesn't do doesn't have that problem, but continuing on, um I I think the thing that makes me like that is that it makes it builds the narrative. You know, and it and it, it makes you at least the idea, uh, is to play your character in a more, you know, realistic way, to make them flawed and to make them imperfect so that, you know, you have a character and you then create, you know, conflict and interesting things within the narrative, which is part of what we're trying to do is have an interesting narrative that players want to engage in. And
4: that What it is... actually accomplishes is setting up choices that ultimately become compromising to the character.
0: What do you mean by that? Can you give me an example?
4: Um, Say that, like, if the scenario is a vegan in, in a party that's trapped in a winter pass and they're all starving and the only thing to eat is meat, the choice is Adhere to your veganism or die. But that's not what this is doing.
5: Well, I think that the choice would be adhere to your veganism, get Artha slash XP, and maybe be farther ahead if you get out of the situation. Or, you know, break your belief and eat the meat (sighs) and be healthy in that moment. Yeah. Um, I think that creates an experience that's sort of like... Gut wrenching player experience that is enjoyable for some and not others, um, which I think is you know potentially a goal. You know, you might say to yourself, "I want to play a game that does this" or whatever, and that could be like a player goal in and of itself, right?
0: To ah, have those. So now we're now we're getting into the meta goal. you you like that Rob (laughs) I did that was a good segue thank you
5: uh so although you don't agree with the the style of play it does illustrate that you know there's sort of like various games uh, or or experiences that people are looking for
0: right and I think that's I think that's valid I just I personally I don't want um but it is it, it but I don't think it even I don't think it really even serves the the other so I, I think games have two, roughly, two, most almost all role-playing games have two meta-goals, and that is, one, to have fun with the game, um, and then, or perhaps even more than that, have fun in such a way that the game continues. And then the other goal is hmm. see, see a situation through the eyes of somebody else through another character's perspective, having a different perspective. And I think some games are all some balance of those two things. I think the first one necessarily, unless just a one-shot or a game about... that—that's just, that's just meant to elucidate a point and not actually to be enjoyable.
5: When you brought it up in that way, I, I added
0: learn to that list of things. Um, I think that's a subset of experience something from somebody else. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so. I I like the addition, but I think that you could shove that into the um, looking at it from another person's perspective. But I I uh, I just quickly to build on Rob's thing, the well, looking at it from another person's perspective is I think a really important part of why at least i and i know a lot of other people really love role playing games is because
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's about finding that different perspective and I, and for me at least it's about finding those weird perspectives like that's why i love let these mermaids touch your dick, touch your dick. <laughs> i was just about to bring that up <laughs> <laughs> or or monsters or something i'm um, sure
1: that's a weird perspective I, i'm pretty sure a lot well,
0: of, oh, i like well i totally let, let a, a mermaid that. touch my dick I, <laughs> yeah, i'm so just saying
4: I. it right
1: now yeah um it, that's not even a Anyway, I,
4: there's there's a third meta goal which and... all games have, which is which comes from the nature of playing these games is it's a social gathering.
0: Yes. I to me I, I acknowledge that. I to me that falls under the make have enough fun so that the game keeps going thing i think that's a necessary component uh but it, it falls under that that category you you can do the only case in where that wouldn't happen is if there's game and i've seen these played solo where you just write out something to somebody and that is has swung the balance very far into the direction of seeing something from somebody else back away from the fun is not a good word because it's not it's there's there's a it's a, a more hedonic fun than a i just watched a really good but depressing movie yeah no i think i think we understand that fun is
5: not a great word and yet i think we also understand what you mean when you when you say it right
0: yeah i and we've come to this problem before of the definition of fun and i would I mean, I would use the word enjoyment or something, but yeah, I know what you mean. But I also agree. I don't think that Cars third one is necessary because it fits in with that first one, because that, the the enjoyment or the fun or whatever you want to call it is part of the social aspect of it. Um, yeah, I think you can fractionate those down to very high-resolution picks on on, on specific games, even, uh, but I think most things are going to fall into those those two, those, under those two. Can't I haven't come up with something else that that wouldn't be subsumed in if you were really trying. Yeah,
5: I mean, yeah, we all see things slightly different, but I don't think you're way off the mark or anything. No, um, not not to give you a hundred percent credit there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's <was> fun. <laughs> two ninety nine. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, To be fair to Burning Wheel, does anyone mind if I read off the paragraphs that are related to what we were talking about? Oh, no, please do, actually. Okay. Um, So the ways that you are in this are earning fate. Um, You can earn fate through your beliefs and your instincts. Uh, So how you earn it through your beliefs is fate points are earned for manifesting the character's beliefs in a convincing and entertaining manner. Entertaining doesn't only mean funny. We all enjoy a good dramatic performance now and again. This award is given when playing a belief serves a purpose and drives the game forward. It is a very open condition, so there's a lot of room to get a character's beliefs involved. How you earn it for instincts. Fate points are earned for playing instincts when such play gets the character in trouble or creates a difficult or awkward situation. That's it. There is more ways of earning Artha, but as long as we're talking about role-playing, those are the two big ones, this is the beliefs and instincts. Uh, so, I just to be are, fair. Uh, okay, those are the those are the main two ways you earn Artha, or are those the only two ways? No, there are a bunch of other ways to earn Artha. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's... Because there's three different types of Artha, and then there's a bunch of different ways to earn each type of Artha. Uh, okay well then i was i was unfairly maligning and because that 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 the your reading did not line up with my conception of it yeah and i think that might have been partly my fault um but uh yeah i think that those are much nicer than what i said yeah um but yeah just they are uh, you get artha or fate which is a type of artha when you use them to well, with beliefs, when you use them to drive the story forward, with instincts, when they, um, you know, get you in trouble or create a problem, which is more of the part I was talking about earlier. But they, I don't know if they stated it as harshly as I did. Uh, probably not, because that sounds very. I mean, Jesus, it's been such a long time since I looked at the Burning Wheel books. I guess I pretty much lifted that experience system.
1: <laughs> wholesale
0: like yeah. it's it's very close to my calling and and co- uh calling and coping method like coping method is something that when it's an it's a negative thing you're carrying but the thing is it's not an instinct or a belief it's an actual it's a negative thing so i'm not making it it's supposed to get the players in trouble and the xp there is to incentivize the character the player, to to act in the manner of character, but the player can't get the same psychological payoff that the character is getting. And so the XP there is there to um, mimic that. Because when we cope with a problem, that we're, there's a psychological payoff that happens in our brains. And so I think, well, I hope that framing the negative thing as the thing that gets you in trouble I think I think that's better, rather than having a, an instinct or belief that. I, as a player, and I was reading through it like I said this a while. ago, As a player, my goal would have been to make beliefs and instincts largely positive. Um, and maybe that was that was, looking at looking at the incentive structure incorrect, in that game mm-hmm. in Bringwell. Well, Wheel.
5: I think for an example it might be like. My instinct is to always draw my sword when someone
0: walks up behind me, right? Which is right. like it could get yeah. you in trouble, right? Uh sure. that's that's almost the exact one they use within when they're talking about that is and the the instinct is I draw my sword automatically whenever there's trouble. And they're like, Oh, so the guy's in court and his nemesis enters, you know. So his instinct would be to draw his sword, and if he draws his sword, which would get him in trouble because he's in court um that then earns him a point of fate yeah right of but yeah but uh, yeah but
5: alternatively in any you know 95 percent of combat situations it's like it's a benefit because huge yeah you yeah. never have to go without that action or you never have to wait so it's it's sort of like the double-edged sword it works good and when right. it doesn't you get experience
0: right for is- for for me exactly. i i set up the um, the coping mechanisms to be largely a bad way of coping with a problem. And that's so, but it does hand you XP. And so what I, it's just a, it's just an incentive to, for the character to act, you in know, in, in, to get the players into the headspace of the character. Yeah. It's not, it's, but it's not a double-edged sword. Fairly. It, those,
2: those kinds of reward structures are really interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, um, no but because what they end up doing is, uh, it feeds the GM. Like, you're... By incentivizing players to do something interesting, like play on these instincts, it allows the narrative to be interesting for the GM to play with. Like, you, you've you provided the GM with the tools so that they can adapt the game to screw over your characters and therefore make the plot interesting. And you're getting paid in experience, for having made the job of the narrator easier, um, which I think is really elegant um, in terms of how to structure a storytelling experience with like outsourcing the narrative aspects, to all your players. Like everyone's bringing to the table character beliefs that they have designed for themselves. And by filling the void of the narrative with your character beliefs, you're getting paid by the GM in experience. I think that's really classy. I think that's very elegant um, to, to think of in terms of filling the creative space of the game. I
1: don't like that concept at all. That's, <laughs> I don't even want to think about it like that. That's like That stops it from being a game. That turns it into work.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> uh... um, but I think so I am gonna uh, I'll continue on my point with it, uh, and I am glad you disagree because I think it's really interesting to think about it in a very mechanical sense, and I have like a sort of engineering background, so this this makes sense. Uh, but I, it's an exchange of. I think I know where you're going with this, and I'm gonna agree. Okay, <laughs> it's it's an exchange of resources, really. Like it's it's all a system, and that's what you're designing. You're designing the the machinery. To be able to produce an output, um, and what you're focusing on are the cogs that generate that machine. Like that is that is game design in my my sense of it. Um, so it's not just how do you tell a great narrative; it's how do you build a machine that tells narratives. Um, and I think goal structures like this are really important to help generate that. Um, I don't know if that was what you were thinking, Car, but. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. I what a, what a
4: lot of games are starting to do now is um, finding different ways to mechanize that transaction of character nature and um, the GM's narrative load. Hmm and it's something i really like like if the characters are rich enough <clears throat> philosophically speaking right to be exploited by the narrative for everyone's benefit that's going to make the ga- that's going to make the entire experience better i agree it goes back to what we were talking about a couple weeks ago about tying the characters into the story
1: hmm
0: yeah that's um that's why i i although I don't think I could really ever play um burning wheel very well because oh my god, um I really like that system and other systems I've seen similar for the same reasons that Car and Jonathan mentioned they're great for reinforcing the or or distributing the narrative better amongst. Players and not just putting it solely on the GM, um, and also allowing you know for them to create those interesting narratives that are rife with conflict. That I think are the hallmark of what makes good storytelling. However, I, it seems to me that Cat has a big problem with that, and mm. I want to hear more about
4: that. Absolutely. Poke poke. <laughs> um.
1: I don't have an issue with making it easier for that. It's just the description that you were using of turning it into a transaction in the sort of you are working for me. This is not really a game at this point. It's you are doing a task for me. Once it's not... Like, people... People will not... Enjoy doing things for other people unless they're getting paid, basically. Like, I think I why would that's I? Bullshit. Some... <laughs> well, no, no sorry, I'll not... let you
5: keep, keep no, going Kat. There, I think there,
1: there, there's the sense that, like, ask somebody who's trained as an artist, for example, to do artwork for you free of charge. Why would they do artwork for you? When they could do artwork that they want to do instead, like that's
4: not that's not that's, the situation we're. It's
1: it's the way it was being in. it's the way it was being presented, so uh, I'll, i I I'll I agree understand. with Cat's objection.
5: Yeah, I I, I do too, but, but I think that quote elegant game design sort of fools everyone into thinking that. They're doing their own thing when they're all sort of meshed together, building on each other's work.
4: Yes. And it's a very, it's a very complex, interconnected, and oftentimes obfuscated quid pro quo. It's not Mm -hmm. a one-sided transaction.
1: Yeah, that's, it's a
0: collaborative thing. No one is really paying anybody else or, you know, making. Seriously
1: I would not describe it that way in the book the way that it was described is all like I wouldn't describe it as a transaction between the GM and the player and that the GM is paying the players an experience for making it easier for them like that's right. a really good way to make it so the players don't want to do that anymore <laughs> or Absolutely. so that they start they start we're, wanting we're like you don't to want to get do it anymore <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, obviously that's not how right. it's intended you're to right. work otherwise you're these right. games wouldn't be popular because exactly. nobody would play them that way right. nobody yeah. does play them that way
2: it's it's not the um, the front facing advertisement it's the owner's manual of how how the, the pieces fall into place so that you can have a functioning economy in your game so that you can you can generate plot.
4: Um, Kat, basically what you're saying
2: is that if a theater runs a
4: promotion where you can bring canned goods for the homeless and that pays for your ticket into the theater that the experience of seeing the play is not a valid good to no. be created. Because you...
1: That is not really the same thing at all, because you were already going to be purchasing the play. So It would be the difference of you get to act in this play where I tell you what to do, and you will pay me for the right of doing it. That would not work.
5: So to use the artist uh, metaphor you used, like if an artist is a fan... Of a show, and you know, does use to do it. Does some artwork and sends that artwork off to the someone in the show. That there's sort of like a double benefit there. The the artist is happy to to have done the work, and the person in the show may also be happy and use that art for themselves, right? So I think that's sort of where the elegant game design can get both people what they want.
1: Oh yeah, I'm not saying that it's not possible yeah. to do that. It's just it's Yeah, just, just the thing the problem is is
5: that Mark just has a super way. cold engineering way of describing <laughs> things.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I'm okay with that. I have no issue with the concept. I'm just saying do not tell people this is what you're doing.
2: Oh right. Right. no. Absolutely. It's, it's behind the curtain. It's for the the people designing games, I think to to uh yeah. yeah absolutely it is right you are right though that
5: when we sort of say um when we uh explicitly pick the goals or how the goals will um reward the players and when we do that in design like we're, we're it's really to get an experience to 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 express yes. a certain experience and that is yes.
4: the ex- The experience is a valid asset to be traded in these transactions.
5: Yeah, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's huge in in design. Like, that's what we're we're trying to do. Um, Mm -hmm. We want people to play the game that's in our heads. Uh, Hopefully we can get that on paper.
4: Yeah.
0: Okay, so if that is our goal, if we want to make people, or not make people, but get people to have this experience that's in our
1: head and give no, them make that. make them have it. They're going to <laughs> have this experience whether they want it or not. <laughs> no. Uh, abduct them, just tie them up in the basement.
0: One hand free so they can roll the dice. <laughs> um, uh, it, how, do we, how do we include that Within creating goals, or helping players create goals, um, Like is there are there ways we ways we can structure goals for certain experiences? Um, or is there, you know, t- we talked about this a bit before, like with the sandbox thing, um, where you know, sandbox is uh, at least to a certain extent, trying to be the antithesis to goals. It's just, we can do whatever we want and go around, although
4: uh, I don't know if that functions. Um,
1: That's more just setting your own personal goal. There's
4: a difference between not having goals and having fluid goals.
1: Hmm. Yeah, like if you don't have a goal, you're not going to enjoy Minecraft, for example. Right? Because, it's like, what are you doing? It's like, I don't know, I'm just... playing? It's like, no, it's like, I'm gonna make like a two-scale replica model of like the Starship Enterprise or something. There's your goal. It's a self-set goal, but there has to be a goal there. If you don't have a goal, there's not really a lot to do in a sandbox game. It's just giving you the option. Yeah.
0: But is, like, c- can you mechanically put that in there? Um, is there a way to somehow create a system around changing goals? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm
5: just going to write it in there and say, change your goals. <laughs> uh Sorry, I plan on making a sandbox game, <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do.
1: Great. I just <laughs> I don't see it as really even being difficult to do. It's just that it's not really going to seem like it's um, mechanical at all, because if it's like, set yourself a goal and give yourself a reward when you meet it, and it's like, well, is that really a mechanic? Because it doesn't really... Yes, It's but... a little too soft.
0: Well, it's a soft mechanic.
4: Well, it's also not very structured, because just stating it like that allows the player to change their goal every time Squirrel.
1: <laughs> well, maybe they are playing a dog.
4: <laughs> but... That that just gets tiresome after a while. Like, chasing one goal for three steps and then getting a new one and going on for a short one. Like, it, you ultimately get nowhere. But uh, why are we shadow shadowboxing?
1: I, I can mean, do this... ask you, Why do people actually do that in reality then? Because there's plenty of people who set goals for themselves and then give up on it. Because rapidly. life is...
4: Because life is not a story, it doesn't need structure. Well, I disagree there, but okay. <laughs> it doesn't need narrative structure, how about that? It doesn't need narrative
0: I don't know, Although it might be it nice helped. if it did, yeah. Helps. <laughs> um. Okay, so, but... I see my my thing here is it this is just shadow boxing. Nobody does that. Nobody like when they're playing an RPG is going to stop every 5 seconds and rewrite a new goal. Uh I I assume with what the setup Jonathan was talking about that, you know, it was like, "Oh yeah, change your goals." I mean, but also with the reasonable assumption that you know, you'll change your goals when it makes sense to narratively.
4: Mm -hmm. Um, yes without that qualifier you turn into squirrel chasers that was my point
0: yeah and and um
5: the thing is is that when it comes to goals and their tie into rewards and especially if the tie-in is like the longer you have it the the you know the it must be more difficult therefore more experience it 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 creates a um a struggle like do i want to change my goal or do I not want to? And and I think it'll it gives enough to sort of hold tight to some things while allowing you some flexibility um, to to change. Uh, and I think having more than one goal slot available is is sort of helps that
1: uh, we can yeah, choose things that yeah
4: mm-hmm. yeah more than one goal slot allows everybody to prioritize their own goals and gives the GM that much more or that many more paths to lay narratively.
5: Yeah. And it, it's, it's somewhat human also. We all have things, you know, even if we don't always inter- put them on a list, like we have things that we want more than others and And that we strive for more than others, so I think that's it brings us closer to our characters. At least Mm -hmm. that's how I feel.
0: Okay. So actually, one of the things that I just remembered when talking about, like an experience, uh, when I was when I was working on an earlier version of my game, I had thrown something in that was talking about explicit goals. Um, you know, it was saying, okay, you should, as as a group, create an explicit goal, like, I want to get to here, or I want to do something. Um, and then Mark, I, I'm pretty sure it was Mark, said, but that's not really, doesn't really sound like wandering. Um, and and that was like, oh, that makes sense, because if the game is about wandering, you can't have, or you don't want to have those explicit goals, because then that it contradicts the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I look back at it and I was like, okay, can I structure that goal around asking questions and thus still wandering, but, you know, at least trying to give that push, that impetus to, to role play and to, you know, to have something to step to step up from, um, which is often a, valuable part of goals is having that part to go from and to know what you're going to do. Uh, You know, going wandering aimlessly is, is hard and doesn't usually create good narrative, but wandering aimlessly, but not actually wandering aimlessly. it, It can be, you know, because you are trying to actually find things though you're doing that by somewhat being aimless, is a much better way to create that sort of narrative.
2: Interesting.
5: Well, Mark, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but like Praxis Arcanum didn't have uh, explicit goals, did it? So that was oh, more it... of an implicit.
2: Exactly. Uh,
5: um... so, so what are your thoughts? Like, I, I understand how the uh, structure works, but what are your thoughts on explicit
2: goals? So it's, it's been something that I've struggled with in my game. And that's really, um, it ties into what the hook is. Because I think that's the the hardest part for me with Praxis I is is uh, what, what makes it different from generic fantasy adventure game. Um, and I think it's difficult to say that, I guess, being able to explore your character in a different light is enough to generate that kind of um, interest. Like, uh, So I think that setting those kinds of goals, setting explicit goals, might be something that would greatly help the game design uh, in general. I think there, there needs to be something that the players strive towards um, that I think um, is built into the game engine. Because as it is now, it isn't. Um, and I think that makes the experience of playing or setting up, it puts a lot more of the pressure on the GM to create the goals for the players or create the story and setting. Um, and if that can be something that is brought in by the players in the form of things like uh, even in the Burning Wheel example with the instincts and beliefs that you get when you like create your character, Um, I think those are the types of um, objectives that the characters in Practice Academy need to have as well. Um, So something that I've been considering much more of is how to incorporate player-driven goals into the game. But um, it's something that I think is is a tough uh, concept to add in so late. (laughs) Right. Um, Right. Yeah cuz Cause, cause, yeah it was it was all about character
5: growth right and exactly. i guess what you're saying is you hadn't considered you know how the GM was supposed to encourage each character's growth <laughs> uh, on their own or well putting sending them on in the same story
2: it's really exactly it's really there's a there's an overarching story that exists that the gm could create but then um having your character sort of aimlessly wander through that or step through it i don't think is necessarily enough like Mm -hmm. what is what is your personal investment into it uh into that storyline into that arc um and i think that's something that really needs to be highlighted because i think that's another aspect of um defining that character uh is why does this quest this Journey that you're on matter to you, and what do you stand to gain or lose from it? Um, and I think those are the the goals that I need to be pursuing more on an individual level. So um, yeah, it's a bit tricky when you don't have character creation steps either. It's mm-hmm. character creation on the fly. So it's something that I think would have to come up um, from the act of playing the game or pursuing it. Um, And I'm not sure if it's something that's like, here is your opportunity to set an objective for yourself this game, and you'll see how you meet it, or what the expectation is in terms of the like one session, what can you accomplish, and did you meet it, did you not meet it? Or if it's something that should run the course of that entire arc that the GM has planned and say, like. You want to save the kingdom from certain destruction. But while you do it, you want to understand the inner workings of the occult uh, forces behind that that imminent destruction or whatever. Um, And that's what your character's investment is. I don't know how how much it should be an overarching goal Hmm. or how much it should be like an individual session goal. I can
0: actually see a systemization method there like yeah. what if you what if the gm comes up with the first goal right? right and that would be the overarching here's the thing and then the players can then specify goals within that realm that are things they can check off and then they can even specify smaller ones within that like like a maybe they have like a, a, a so you the gm sets like a campaign goal characters players then set like maybe like an arc that they want to explore, and then oh. have session goals within that. Because you already have sort of like this stepped system within your game.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's I, really I cool. Had, I like that.
5: Yeah. I had a thought on, I guess it kind of is towards instincts. Um, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking on OSR and building an OSR game. And I thought it would be cool to have a tag, my dark past, and then you would like write a one-line descriptor and if it ever comes up in play where say my dark, because of my dark past, you know, this is going to affect me negatively. Cool. And you would take like a negative to your action, but you would get experience and, or alternatively, my, because of my dark past, you know, I would be ready for this. And you would take, just take a bonus to your action without getting experience so i don't know i think there's yeah interesting ways to look at that Mm -hmm. Uh, that. similar
0: to fake points yeah yeah
5: yeah i I guess it's a matter of like tailoring it to your specific game and feeling of of play that you're going for
2: yeah
0: absolutely It's it's setting up an incentive structure yeah Mm -hmm. um War, did you have any thoughts on all of this?
3: Oh, I had several. They're, they're mostly covered by the people. It's fine. I'm sorry I haven't done much to say. Despite the fact that I'm, a game where I am running a game where there's like, I'm saying the wrong word every time because I because do, I don't actually it's okay. Do this they're whole they're design all right. Thing. They're all right words. No, they <laughs> are for the, what I'm trying to say though. Oh, Okay. Okay, I'm tr- trying to design a-, a game that has an explicit goal structure in it, which is a huge departure from what I usually do. <laughs> and I, the, the point is part of the point of the game is that your stated goals are 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 probably not going to be solved as easily as you think. the The task is figuring out how it happens. But yes. Uh, anyway, no, I don't. I just don't have a whole lot to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. The interesting thing about what
4: you're working on right now, though, is that the goal system you're trying to create has an intrinsic dichotomy to it.
3: Yes. <laughs> an intentional one, too. Yes. Because uh, they... Sorry, can you explain that for okay. the listeners? Right, right. These people don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, to be fair, <laughs> yep. they're the same boat as me. So, you know, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um so yes uh basically what are the ideas of the game that's core to it that i was kind of talking about is that you give a is that there you basically decide what you're going to what is required to accomplish okay i'm gonna try to phrase this in the same way okay so at at the start your the idea is that the GM and what and the players decide, like, okay, this is what our goal for the session is going to be, like, what what we want to accomplish in theory in this for this, and all the players, all the PCs, well, except one, ha- basically want to accomplish the ta- the tasks required to do the thing in a way that it, in a specific way, or so, is in a way that somehow benefits what they want to. What they want to get out of it, and that still probably is immensely opaque. I'm sorry. I it
0: it's shown some light on it.
3: Yeah, um, I know. I'm. So, I'm trying to figure out how to describe this in a way that makes sense, and I'm failing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's
0: fine. Uh, one of the the things that I brought up and thought was uh, it, it's strange about your. Like there at least one part of the way you set up goals is um you have a character who sets up goals that then are to be completed during the session, and they set up i believe it's like three to seven micro
3: goals to then complete a macro goal essentially yes, that is part um, of the structure <laughs> in theory, although it's the goals are not are very explicitly not things like kill. Not things like do X thing. They are, we need X, so here they are what we need, not, or at least I've somewhat failed this, but the idea is that they are, we need to do X somehow. They are not how you do X. It doesn't really matter how you do X for for that character's perspective.
2: It's, Mm -hmm. we need gasoline and not, we need to go to the, gas station
3: to buy gasoline. It's just- or even we need to go to the gas station. It's we need get ga- it's we need gasoline. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Or we need to rescue the princess from the ogre because the dragon needs a sacrifice.
3: <laughs> I mean that's not really a scenario that should come up, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why not that, that would be <laughs> <laughs> because of the, different... I'm
1: sorry, you're playing cultists, You'd be perfectly fine with that.
3: Because of the, uh, because of the set, because of the, it's the assumed to be a modern setting, so there probably shouldn't be ogres running around, or what princesses. There's,
1: there's not supposed to be like deities and crap running around either, or supernatural stuff in general.
3: <laughs> yes, good. Yeah, the, uh, you're right. Uh, but no, in that case, the goal would be we need to sacrifice someone. Or we need to sacrifice a princess, not we need to rescue them from the dragon. The dragon would be an incidental part of that. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's like we need to sacrifice a princess. First, we have to rescue the princess, so we have a princess to sacrifice. There you go. Exactly. That's obviously the subset. <sighs> incidental dragon is my
0: new shoegaze. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> that's a great, yeah, that's a great shoe <laughs> I I love that you added the it has to be a shoegaze band. <laughs> like, you couldn't have just gone, that's my new band name. No. You had to take it a step further.
3: Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, you do. Yes, All right. Eternal Dragon could also be uh, a power metal, but it would be a weird... But it would be
0: weird. <laughs> it would be a weird power metal, that's for sure. <laughs> but
3: I could see it.
0: It'd be a shoegaze power metal. Which... Whoa. No, I don't know how that works, but that sounds fantastic. That would be very strange. I kinda wanna hear that. I wonder if that exists. Somebody has to be I mean, the internet exists. I'm sure somebody's like
4: tried. Um Yeah, imagine the rule thirty four for this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's about sex. This this is just this is only the rock and roll part of that equation.
3: Still got to apply <laughs> rule 34.
1: <laughs> yeah. It exists. It has to. <laughs> um, okay. But
0: I does anyone else have anything they'd like to bring up on goals that I have missed? Um, I feel like there's something I have missed, but I wonder if one of you knows what that is.
1: I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, something
0: kind of came
5: up uh, in my notes. Um, and, and I think it, it sort of just ties into the meta goals, but it's like the game goal. Like, does the game have a goal? Like, what is it trying to get you to do? Um, like, I think you could say a game like Monster Hearts has a goal or or. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of another one off the top of my head. But I just maybe there's not a lot of discussion there, but it was something that came up when I was writing stuff down.
0: No, I I think there is. And
4: um I think I think most most of that can be boiled down to does the game express its themes well?
0: I I think those are related but different. Um, a game with good themes might not have a a goal in the same way that like monster hearts does um, but i so i think that those two things are connected but they're not explicit um, you know they they often crop up in the same place but they don't always have to and the reason i say that is because the goal of a game is you know it's the thing that it's trying to get you to to talk about and to to put yourself in the perspective of going back to one of the Rob's meta goals, um, and I I don't think that that's necessarily exactly tied to theming. Yeah, not always or the same yeah. as, um, but I. Yeah. I think that's a thing to talk about because uh, I, we've talked about monster Hearts here a lot um, because I bring it up all the time. Cause I love monster hearts. Uh, but I, it seems to me that like, if we're talking about the goal of monster hearts, what I've heard it referred to here and other places is like the agenda. Um, is the, the game has some like political or social agenda that it wants to push um, and I think that that often is confused with or used in place of the goal of the game, the external goal of the game am i am I on the note? am I right or am I missing something?
1: No,
5: I think you're right in the sense that I just feel like agenda is a term used to be derogatory about something yeah, uh, I think
1: just Write it in that way, like I guess it might have an agenda, but I don't really consider that to be its goals or anything. It's more just, I don't think agenda is the right word for it either. Not in that case, it's just, it just assumes that you will have that a similar opinion to the writer, is all
0: uh well i don't I don't think we can get into the specifics of that because we can't assume everyone has read the book but uh I don't agree with that, but going back to <laughs> a, a game having goals I mean that's something like not a game having design goals. I don't think that's what Jonathan was talking about no um but a game having uh, i don't I'm gonna use the word political but I don't want to use that word. Um, the word like political or social or, um, like, yeah, social um, is better. Social, like, or narrative kind of goal, something, you know, something where it's trying to, to put you in a certain perspective to kind of, uh, help you have an understanding of something to, or to have you learn something. And that's something that I've, thought that RPGs and other art is really important for. Um, but I... It
4: can be, but there, there are a lot of games that are written in such a way that their, their um, agenda, which, we're, which is essentially what we're talking about, is <laughs> misportrayed as a goal or misplaced as a goal.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So, why is. So, okay, first I have a question. Do you think, let's continue to use Monster Hearts as an example. Do you think that Monster Hearts has an agenda?
4: It flat out says in the first paragraph that it has an agenda, but it doesn't realize that.
0: <laughs> Wait, oh, hold on a second. I'm a little confused because you just said it flat out says in the first paragraph that it has an agenda. But then you also stated that it doesn't realize that. And to me, those two things are contradictory. Um, And I could be totally wrong, but I just... Can you explain what you mean?
4: Well, I don't remember the exact wording of the first paragraph, but it's something about, like alternative sexuality and identity and yada yada yada, but the gameplay doesn't reflect that at all.
0: See, I think you're very wrong about that. I think it does.
1: No, actually, I agree with them on that. I agree, um, too. I noticed very heavily, like, it says all over the book, this is a queer game. There's nothing in the actual rules that make it so. It's just a statement that they assert is true, and that's kind mm-hmm. of where I was getting at, that the game just assumes that you will have the same belief system as the writer of the game because it doesn't actually do anything to try to like enforce it or anything. It doesn't do anything I, to make use of it. It just assumes you will have the same opinion.
0: Uh, huh. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree because here when I was playing, the, the I, there was nothing mechanically in the character that made made me take the character to that place i mean i was playing my character as a cisgendered heterosexual teenage woman
5: okay so here's something if i was uh another woman and tried to turn you on and you were turned on that is a mechanical thing And it would make you feel a certain way um, and you uh, wouldn't be able to sort of say no to that. So, yeah, it is queer. Um, And it's also queer in the Mm -hmm. characters' uh, choices themselves. Uh, And in in many other ways. But But I don't think that's an agenda. I think that's a goal. Yeah, That
4: mechanic is about arousal. It's not about queerness. Those also a good point.
0: those two are inextricably linked. Um, what arouses you is potentially linked to queerness. I mean, if if you are a male who is aroused by other males, you are thus l- gay, essentially, or or at least have leanings towards being homosexual. The
5: the
1: mechanic um,
5: the mechanic says. You can't help what turns you on. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's queer about it.
1: Yeah.
0: It's and it's a it's also a teenage thing. It's supposed to be about not being totally in control of your mm-hmm. of your romantic that it emotions and lust that and it expresses well. I just queer. I just I guess I don't have a good definition of what queerness is. That is
5: a problem in general life. I think that is a a term that the definition has changed has been very fluid over the past five
0: years for sure. Is is that ironic or coincidental?
4: I think it's part of our cultural zeitgeist.
0: No, I was making a joke.
4: (laughs) Okay, but I'm not. It's an instance of our current lack of ability to make meaningful distinctions
0: meaning, wait, what Every, do you
4: mean? Everybody wants no. to be, everything wants everything to be inclusive, so that everything kind of blurs together.
1: Well, not necessarily in just inclusive, more. like, there's been a lot of intentional changes to definitions, so that words can mean something other than what it originally used to mean. Like, there's been active decisions to Make a, a word mean something it didn't used to. So, well, yeah, it kind of means that the definitions don't mean
4: because words change their meaning. And you say "faggot" to somebody now, they're not going to think "bundle of sticks," probably. But what I'm talking about is
1: well, yeah, but a lot of, that's another thing. Like, at this point, they're probably not going to think that you're saying "gay" either anymore. <laughs> you're probably going to think, oh, well, they're probably upset at me because I just whooped their ass in, like, a video game.
0: No, I still think they're using cool. the slur against homosexuals. What if they know you're not gay, though?
1: It that was doesn't have it relation to 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 it, so. it doesn't really mean anything. It just means generic, derogatory term. I don't think most people use it even... Making the correlation between like it being gay or anything, it's just it's a I generic
2: think
5: faggot derogatory. is derogatory in the same way you throw like a girl is, except it's way worse.
1: Yeah, it's you
4: throw like a girl is this has the same um meaning behind it as calling someone a pussy, It's it's the it's the chauvinistic idea that female is inferior.
5: And calling a non-gay person a faggot is uh, implying that being gay somehow is inferior. That's what I mean.
4: yeah,
0: or a, yes. or a problem. yeah, or a problem. I, I agree with Jonathan. Yeah, although I think now that we've veered off into this territory, we should either veer back or just go right off the road and finish up. Yeah, let's auger <laughs> in on this one. <laughs> I, so I, I could I, I could actually argue that the, the definition of, of faggot is not. I don't think it has anything to do with I mean, I think people still some people still use it that way, but my re- 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 And honestly, listeners, we kept talking about that for a bit too long. I'll spare you from the rest. You'll thank me later. If you have any comments about the show, email us at flowforwardpodcast at gmail.com. And hey, give us a rating on iTunes if you're so inclined. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.